Hey, creepy crawlers. I'm Katie. I'm Nate. And this is Case of the Creeps. Well, hello, and welcome back, creepy crawlers, to another episode of Case of the Creeps. I am Katie. And I am not joined by Nate tonight. We do nope. miss Papa Bear, but I am joined by the one and only Mama Jerry. Hi, guys. So she's going to be my co-host tonight. I'm so excited. We are recording at Jenna's house because Jenna is away in South Carolina. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere yeah. up there. Thanksgiving she's at not, her sister-in-law's yeah, with she's, the family. She's yeah. not here. So we're taking over the house tonight. <laughs> I'll be here the whole time. Yes, I'm only here for tonight. It's a one night show. So we're going to pretty much, I want to jump right into it. I'll take care of all the business later. But first, I have two stories for you. Okay. So first and foremost, I owe you a huge thank you because you pulled me out of the trenches yesterday and I woke up this morning and was like, wow, I feel so much better after just you coming over and hanging out with me and making me feel human. I, oh, I love you. <laughs> I appreciate it so Stop. much, ma'am. <laughs> so I just you wanna... actually apologize for me coming over I know, and not recording the episode. I was yeah. like, excuse me? Like, that's why I'm here? <laughs> my son, my grandson, my daughter-in-law. No, like, no. this is my family. Yeah, I don't you were get... only over yeah. there for one purpose, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. <laughs> So what is your problem? I know. I didn't know. Are what, the moons not right tonight? They were not, but they, they are not, tonight. They are aligned tonight. So you guys are going to hear some background noise tonight. Um, we've got three dogs. No kids, but three dogs that act like kids. So there's going to be pitter-patter on the floor and stuff like that. This is not a multi-million dollar production here, guys. So sorry about it. But I have two funny stories for you. Okay. After everything that happened yesterday, I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, it's going to be a good day. I've... I have two, no, I have two stories for you. I thought I had three, but I have two. And I was just, I was back to myself. I was very much back to myself. First story is about my kid. So I had called you earlier after I had picked up my kid and was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I just had to pull over for my kid because he, (laughs) he told me he ate (laughs) He told me that he ate too many goldfish. And they needed to get out. <laughs> so the kid needed to puke. Yeah, he needed to puke. I swear oh to God, God. I pulled over. Bless his heart. And before I even slapped the car in park, he was already flying out the door, like oh. hurling. Like, but he knew not to throw up in mom's car. <laughs> so like that happened, and we get back in the car, and he's calmed down. He's fine. We are almost home, and he goes, Mom, I'm never eating snacks, dinner, lunch, sweets. I'm done. I'm just not going to eat anymore. And I went, okay, buddy, we'll we'll see about that in about 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so we get home. I'm finishing up stuff for tonight for us. And you know we're a bluey house. We're yep. a big, huge bluey house. So we say biscuits all the time. Instead of, like, cursing, we'll go, oh, biscuits. Or holy biscuits. Yeah. This kid came flying out of the bathroom and went, holy biscuits, mom, I made a huge poop. I can eat again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with him. I I can't 
make this shit up. Listen, he (laughs) has said some shit at my house. I know. I am like, what? Like, where I and I swear to God, like we are an open household. Like we do not filter ourselves because he's (laughs) gonna hear it at some point. Our whole family doesn't filter. So that happened. Okay. Now there's another story that I planned on telling you tonight as soon as it happened because. It was fucking perfect after the conversation that you and I had okay. yesterday about your pants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're going to get such a kick out of this. So we get home, right? And it's, you know, it's nasty here in Florida right now. Like it's. <laughs> it's been so hard for me to keep this in for fucking six hours. No one knows about this. Like, oh no, God. not even six hours. That's a huge dramatic exaggeration. It was like three hours. No one knows about this. Yeah, it's, so now everyone's going to know about this. It's nine o'clock at night. Yeah. So, and this happened right when we got home. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I fucking, I pulled us into the driveway of the parking lot. The apartment complex It's really wet outside. Really wet outside. <laughs> And I had gotten groceries and stuff, so I got us inside, took my shoes off, didn't think anything about it, uh-huh. and then went back outside to, <laughs> to go get the groceries while well, I had my socks on. And I have very flat feet, so my my skin of my foot had worn a hole in my sock to where <laughs> there was a bare hole in the sock. Oh, God. <laughs> so I walked outside and grabbed the Did groceries. Did you step in pool? No! <laughs> Stop. I can't make it, it up. Stop. Vomit? Just just wait. Just wait. So I walk outside and it's you know. I get sick again. No, this was me. No one else saw this. I ha- I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm sitting on a blanket for my ass because my ass hurts. Because you know the parking strips oh, that are on the on stop. You, you don't even know. Stop. You don't even know. That's why you don't stop on them if you're riding a motorcycle, because if they're wet, you're, you'll you're gonna fucking slip. bust your ass. Right, you're gonna slip. And with a did. tire. So there was a pile of poop in the grass between the sidewalk and the parking lot. Oh my God. And I tried to just do a little hippity hop <laughs> <laughs> over the poop. <laughs> and busted your ass. My heel caught that slippery slope and down I went. But that's not all. I landed in the poop. I ripped my fucking pants. Oh. I went down so oh, fucking that's where, the pants, <laughs> that's where the pants thing comes in. I did it. They were brand new leggings. <laughs> and I went down so hard. This is the second time that my ass, my big boulder ass, has ripped leggings from falling. Like, that's bad. I swear to my tailbone hurts. Like I went down so hard. I, I checked don't. to make sure that I didn't crack the concrete. Like don't mean to laugh. Yeah, please laugh. I've been laughing at myself and no one knows the story. I'm like, of course Katie would. I mean, like, I, I, shit, I you can know, see I, it. I can feel I can the literally bruise. picture the Bro, whole thing happening. Like, all I was missing was the groceries in my hand to make it just chef's mm. kiss just stupid perfect and oh my god i looked down i sh- i swear to god i looked down to make sure i didn't crack the concrete and then immediately went fuck i'm outside 
no time to think about if my ass hurts. I got to get inside because my ass is out. <laughs> oh, my God. So I had to run back inside and change my fucking pants. That is hilarious. <laughs> I swear to God, I can picture it all happening. <coughs> I threw them I, I threw them fucking socks away the second I came back inside right after them goddamn leggings, man. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh. Walmart can literally I could be a sponsor for Walmart for guaranteed to rip open on your oh, ass for your leggings. leggings. But anyway. Write a review. Oh, <laughs> I will. <laughs> so, but I digress. Mm. Story because I'm just sure. A bit. Uh, I'm sure you guys enjoyed that, and it's a nice, lighthearted thing before we dive into this heavy Excuse episode. Me. Diving right back into um, part two of Matthew Hoffman, which is also aka the Leaf Killer. If you guys did listen to part one, good job. You're pretty much caught up. You guys have probably been waiting on me. Very sorry for that. But I will, we're gonna just do a brief recap for those who haven't listened so they can get the gist of where we're coming from and starting and then we're going to jump right into it and we'll do everything all the other businessy type things after that so um from part one we discussed about matthew hoffman and his very peculiar i think would probably be the best word for his intense love and obsession i would say Infatuation. Infatuation, yes. For trees. Like trees, leaves, trunks, limbs, like all of it. Like we were discussing this earlier. The normal scope of it's just being a tree hugger. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I'm a tree hugger. Like I'll take a picture of the tree, I'll hug it, say thank you for producing oxygen for me to breathe, and then I'll move along. Yeah. I'm not gonna go, hmm, you look good, (laughs) Miss Willow. Like, no, I'm not gonna I'm not about that no no i'll i'll crunch the leaves under my feet when they fall fun. and it's it's fun then woohoo serotonin yeah. off i go yes not ooh, i crunch these leaves between my butt cheeks like no. weird shit sorry yeah. no we're moving on <laughs> yeah, so we also discussed the really weird um things that he had done throughout his life like getting a job as a plumber in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and then stealing three very large wooden sign welcome signs from like a state park while he was living in a hotel. While living in a hotel, and when he got caught, all he said was, "Well, I did it because I wanted a souvenir." Like, sir, go get a T-shirt. Go How get a magnet. magnet. <laughs> go get a magnet. Yeah. Hey, I have a magnet collection from every single place that every single person in the family has been, including us. Every new place we go, they get a magnet. Like, that's that's what it is. Stickers for water bottles. Stickers for water bottles. Like, okay? Not buy a welcome center sign. You know those signs weighed a thousand fucking welcome pounds. Welcome to Florida. Yeah. It, like those big ass signs when you're coming. A welcome Are center sign. Are you kidding sign. me? No. No. <laughs> Put it underneath the hotel. And yeah, and then not only that, he drug, he made the effort, A for effort, for bringing the two signs into the hotel room and then putting the other one underneath the hotel. Like, where did where did this come from, sir? There wasn't enough room in the hotel room after he put two signs in there. How did you have enough room for in your car for three signs? Just drug them bitches down the road. Bro. Nothing to You're see kidding. here. You're Keep- kidding me. <laughs> Could you imagine Keep if, like, well, there wouldn't, so there wouldn't be sparks, so never mind there. But, like, drag marks. I, I like have no idea. Uh, it's like- just, it doesn't make sense. So he did that. But then, before he did that, 
but got caught from stealing the signs also led him to his charges of arson and um, burglarizing a home he that he was he had a job for um, in Ohio and it was a condo and the homeowner of the condo wasn't going to be there and he took advantage of that by visiting this condo unit five separate times and he stole shit from the apartment he wore his clothes he cooked in the kitchen he fucking took a he shower. lived there for a while he lived there he get then, out of my home sir and then to cover the evidence of him being there he burnt the condo down yeah, i'm just gonna and set a small said, fire he said well i just figured everybody else in the building would leave Excuse- what the hell is wrong with you why <laughs> would you not take into consideration that you are there obviously are other lives in this not building. the only person in this building sir like you yeah it's just very weird now, all of this... he No, went it's to, psychotic. It's, yes. So, all of this led to him getting prison time. After he got out of prison, it seemed like he was going to get his life together. He got a girlfriend. He got a house. He's got a job now at a tree trimming place. Um, but all of that goes south. He loses his job because he lied about his prison time. He lost his girlfriend because he started acting very, very weird. Yeah. And was becoming a very grumpy and just nasty person. He was shooting squirrels out of the trees and then killing them and eating them. Just very odd Is this things. The girlfriend that lived with him. Yes. With her son. Yes. Okay. So and they were living together. I do have something to say about that further on in. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, they were living together. Everything was fine. Things started going sour with Matthew, which we had also said in part one, we think is because he had this constant need for excitement. Mm-hmm. And like whenever he got bored, he got very just angst. Like yeah. he would, he knew no bounds. Yeah. yeah. He got very yeah. antsy. He had no yeah. bounds. He would do whatever he could to get that kind of excitement. So, and then from there, he got really sour. It was really weird. The girlfriend and him ended up separating, and she had gone back to go and get some of her stuff. Mm, domestic abuse. He ended up getting into an altercation with her. He threw her on the ground, tried to choke her out. It was really, really bad. She was able to get away with her son, um, and she never pressed charges either. She just no. disappeared. Yeah, she just wanted to just be done with it. Now, these led to him, again, he didn't have a job, so he lost his electricity and his power and everything in his house. He started doing some weird stuff that we're going to talk about when we get there. Um, And then he had to make money, so he started burglarizing homes again. This is what led to Tina Herman's home, which was in Apple Valley, Ohio, that he had, what's the word, preyed on or scoped. He scoped out the house. Staked it out. Staked it out. Yeah, he staked it out. And then on November 11th, he made his move. He ended up going into the house while everyone was gone. Um, but Tina came home two hours later. He was still in the house. He immediately attacked Tina and brutally killed her. He brutally stabbed her multiple times. He hit her with a blackjack that he had had as well. And then what he wasn't expecting was for Tina Herman's friend, Stephanie Sprang, to walk into the home and then try to stop what was happening. Unfortunately, Stephanie was overpowered and ended up being killed as well by Matthew Hoffman, and then also endured multiple stab wounds after she was already dead. Yes. So now he had this problem. This led to him dragging Tina's body and Stephanie's body. He also killed the brother. Hadn't got there yet. 
Okay. He dragged the bodies into the bathroom and then actually started to dismember the bodies with a hunting knife that he had purchased that was not made for cutting bone. So he ended up actually dislocating the joints of their bodies so that he Mm. could cut through them easily, more easily, which was disgusting. What he didn't take into account for, again, was the household dog that he ended up also killing and dismembering. What a fucking piece of shit. Like... Like, seriously, I, a fucking the dog. dog. Open the door. The, open, open the door. The door. Yeah, open the door and let the dog out. Open the door. I almost said, open the dog and let open the door the- out. <laughs> <laughs> Caught myself. While he was in the middle of dismembering these three individuals, he then again didn't take into account the fact that there was also two children. Tina's 12-year-old, yes, 12-year-old son, Cody Maynard, and 13-year-old Sarah Maynard. He immediately attacked the kids. Sarah was able to get away from him and get into her room and attempt to call 911. While that was happening, Hoffman then attacked Cody and stabbed him in the back of the head, which Mm. killed him instantly, uh, which, like, breaks my heart so much. He then went after Sarah, and he got to Sarah right before she could hit the green phone to call 911. So this is all happening very, very fast. fast. It's yes. very, very like you have to be on it when in in this type of situation. And I can say as an almost 30 year old, I don't know if my reflexes would be that quick. I honestly don't. Like my street smarts, I don't think are all there. Oh, I have pretty good street smarts. I know you do. I mean, I have yeah. Yeah. Decent street smarts. Yeah. So he attacked Sarah, but he didn't kill Sarah. He says that something stopped him and he just couldn't do it. So he ended up tying her up and Eventually would be bringing her um, into Stephanie Springs Jeep and sat her blindfolded, gagged, and bound next to a bunch of garbage bags. What Sarah did not know was that she was sitting next to the trash bags that held all of the body parts of her immediate family. Oh my God. Can you imagine? No. No. Twelve? No. Twelve? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. As a mother, this story... Is horrifying. It oh is my. just absolutely horrifying. It makes me grateful that I, mm. I have the child that I do have, but at the same time, to think of anyone's child going through what this absolutely. entire family did. For sure, no. 100%. A daughter Mm-mm. is... Can you sit there right now and imagine Jenna going through this at 13 years old? I would kill the person. I would be in prison and I'd be okay with it. Absolutely. Or I'd go, oh, to oh the, I'd go to the electric chair. Fire up old smoke. Fire it up. By I don't means, care. do it. I'm going to do exactly what yep. you did to everyone else. You're yep. it, But here's the kicker. I'm going to do it while you're still breathing. Yeah. Here's, that's oh, that's yeah. what I'm no. doing. So, I've, got, I've got a lot of things that I would do. Yeah. We won't go into that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're pretty much caught up on where, where we left off on part one as of right now, Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to jump into part two now. So I want everybody to just kind of take a deep breath because that was a lot of info that I just unloaded on you. So everyone just take a quick deep breath. <sighs> now get your shit together because now we're going to get really fucking intense. Cleansing. And a, a, in through your nose. And out through the mouth because <laughs> we're about to get really gnarly. And I just want everybody to know. We have a happy ending, but we got to get through a lot of muddy water before we get there. So after dismembering Sarah Maynard's entire immediate family, which was Tina Herman, Stephanie Spring, which was mom's best friend, 
the dog, the dog, yeah, and her brother, Sarah was taken hostage by Matthew Hoffman. She was gagged, bound, and blindfolded at the time, and had been put in the back of Stephanie's Jeep next to a bunch of trash bags. What she didn't know was that she was sitting next to all of the body parts of her family. Matthew then drove for a little bit, and the, then the car came to a stop. He told Sarah not to move, make a sound, or try and look through her blindfold because he was, quote, watching her. And then he left the car. Mind you, Sarah's a 13-year-old girl and had been taught from a very young age by her badass mom, don't, don't take, take shit. no shit. Yep. So she dared a peek. What she wasn't anticipating was for Matthew to be coming barreling into the car and yelling her to put the blindfold back, tightened it, and said, if you do that again, I'll kill you. Oh, he... First of all, he desensitized her so much. Yes. And then to be, have your life threatened to you after already not knowing what happened to your brother that you were just standing next to. And he stood there waiting to see if she was going to take a peek. Like. So that he could threaten her and use that power over her. Exactly. Because he's a psychopath. Mm. And I just want to make it very clear that in Matthew's narrative of this entire thing, he makes himself sound so much better than the monster he really is. We're going to see that a lot more here in a few, but just this guy is, he's a slime ball. He is a true slime ball. Now, even though it was just for a fleeting moment, Sarah was able to to make out what they were at, which was a baseball field. There were a bunch of trash bags next to her, but that was it. She still had no idea what was inside the bags. Now, this was bonkers to me because Sarah was then left alone in the car for over an hour. And where was Matthew? Well, he was walking back to his own car, which was a silver Toyota Yaris that he had parked in the previous that he had parked the previous night prior to committing the murders. We spoke about that briefly in part one, how he had parked his car over a mile away from the Herman House in Apple Valley, and then he walked to the woods across the street to watch the home. So now he had to go back and get his car. So Sarah was inside the Jeep the, completely alone the entire time. Yes. Like, she had the chance if that fucker hadn't scared her so fucking bad. Yeah. So he got back into the Yaris car and then drove it back to the baseball field where the Jeep, the trash bags, and Sarah still were. Hoffman then transferred Sarah to his car and drove her to his house. Like, this girl, this poor girl, just, she went through so much so quickly. Yes. Like, we, we talk about in some of these cases how, you know, these victims are forced to grow up fast. Even some of these killers are forced to grow up fast. But Sarah, she was was put in the pressure cooker. Absolutely. A baby. Like, a little baby. Like, this is the time that you're trying to figure out. Do you Who like, you are. Yeah, do you like boys? Do you like skirts? You yeah. know, what your style is? You're coming more in tune with yourself. Those are prime years, and this monster Definitely. just robbed her of all of that innocence. No. Once at Hoffman's home, he took Sarah out of the car and carried her into his bathroom. He put her on the floor and then removed her blindfold. Now, what Sarah saw was both mortifying and peculiar at the same time. The type of shit that just makes you go... What in the actual fuck is going on here? The walls in the bathroom were white and they were covered in black 
ink scribbles like made with a sharpie and these little scribbles were hoffman's versions of picasso paintings what he had he thought he was picasso absolutely <laughs> he I had got a picasso on my wall absolutely oh my god like i'll post with a sharpie with a sharpie like <laughs> yeah. so did you have like a bold point sharpie for yeah. some points and a fine point for was others? that a fine yeah was that a fine did point you Ryobi? use a ballpoint is there a ballpoint in there somewhere you got the whole arsenal yeah. Good night. So, uh, let's see. He had scribbled all over the walls. There were peace signs, weird deformed people, yin and yang signs just everywhere, all over the walls. And this is the first thing that Sarah has seen since being taken from her home hours ago. Hoffman then changed her bounds with duct tape and new rope and then told her she wasn't to make a noise or try and run because there were people watching the house and he would kill her. Like, you are just asserting your power and control over and over and over again. Like, it, on a 13 year old. On a you little are 30 girl. years old and she is 13. That's disgusting. And, you know, I when was, you look at Hoffman's past, nothing. There's no sign of pedophilia or, you know, sexual assault yeah. or anything of that matter. So he really, truly did just go from baby zero to 3,000 so, so fast. And it's a part of me wonders, were you here? Were you present? Yeah. I don't know no. if you were fully present here in these moments, dude. Obviously. So, but we'll get into that too. He then took his Yaris back to where he had left Stephanie's Jeep in the baseball field. It was then time for a Walmart trip. Hmm. With the trash bags of body parts still in the car. With him. <laughs> To Walmart. To Walmart. To Walmart. And then strolled inside like he was just making a late night purchase. Because this is when Walmart was 24 hours. So you're seeing all sorts of weird people. We live in um, Florida. We know what Walmart looks like at midnight. Okay? It's a sight <laughs> it's to be Walmart. seen. You don't got to pay to go to Look, Disneyland. You just got to go to Walmart at 12.05. <laughs> there is websites, people of Walmart. Yep. You can uh, see the strangest shit. Oh, it's, it is weird. So Hoffman made one of these late night trips. Um, he took the Jeep to his local Walmart and purchased a blue tarp, a turkey sandwich, a turkey sandwich, uh. more trash bags, and a Halloween shirt. Okay, so the Halloween shirt, down the road we'll get to his explanation of why he bought it. Get out of my face with your explanation. <laughs> get out of, just leave. Because, because I will punch do, you. Down the way we'll get to it. But yes. they actually do ask him. Why'd you why? buy this? <laughs> it, it, like, it just, and it's one of those answers that go, oh, I really want to punch you right now. Like, yeah. I really just want to punch I, you. I commend it. <laughs> I'm in the detectives in that room because I had a throat punch. Oh, them. my God. This is why I could never be a police officer. I would oh. catch a charge yeah. so quick. So, uh, after his purchase, he took the Jeep and disposed of the bodies. And we'll circle back to where they are when it's in the timeline um, for when he caves because it's just absolutely bananas. So, hold on to that just for right now. But we are obviously going to tell you guys where the bodies were found. So... Now at this time, he no longer has the bodies. He's hidden them somewhere. And Hoffman goes back to Tina's home to take out and takes out the tarp and trash bags that he just purchased at Walmart and leaves them in the garage. He then grabs Tina's gas cans and her truck 
and starts to go to the gas station to fill up the cans. And his plan was to burn down Tina's house again to get rid of all of his evidence. So... Here's but he's the, an idiot. He is 100% <laughs> an idiot. Not only that, you are playing musical cars in the middle of the night. With dead... With just... Body parts. Body parts in your car. You're leaving evidence. Just a little trail of evidence everywhere you go, my dude. Just, While you have a child. This is just harbored in your bathroom at this time. Yes. Like, And Sarah's and just sitting there body like, what the fuck? in trash bags in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Or... In the back of the Jeep. Back seat of the Jeep. And by the time that he got to Tina's house, he's already disposed of the, the bodies. But we're talking about trash bags, okay? Yeah. Trash bags can only hold so much liquid. Yeah. So them babies had to have been leaking all over Stephanie's Jeep. And they were mm-hmm. because there were blood evidence blood. In, the, in the Jeep. Yeah. But like, you have your Yaris parked at a baseball field right mm-hmm. now. You have a bloody Jeep. Parked in a in a driveway right now. While you're in the house. While you're in the house. And I just want to touch as well, back from part one, in the beginning of it, we talked about how some welfare visits had been asked of Tina's manager because she hadn't shown up for her shift. They came back and did a second one. And during the that cop, second one. Yeah, the cop was like, well... It's I'm, on my way. On my way, so I'm just going to swing by. But he seen the Jeep. He's seen the light on this time, mm-hmm. and he thought, okay, everything's okay. He w- and he even went up and knocked on the yes. door yes. while Hoffman was inside, inside that house. fucking house. But he didn't have... No, he couldn't do anything. Yes. We had said that, too. Like, There's yeah. only so much you can do when yeah. it comes to a welfare check. You don't have a batter ram warrant to just ram right through the door no, just because you yeah. know curtains are drawn and the lights are on. Like yeah. You can't do anything about that. No. So there's that little tidbit as well. Here's the problem with him taking Tina's truck to go fill up the gas cans to burn the house down. Tina's truck kept stalling. So he got real fed up with that. He pulled over and ditched the truck near the Kenyon College areas right next to the bike trails, kind of. Um, And he ditches the truck with the gas cans and everything. And he starts to walk back to his Yaris. You... I mean... Like how it's not like he's got a bicycle. How I, else is he gonna get back I, there? Honestly, <laughs> but like, what in the fuck is going through your mind right now, dude? Like, what if a cop just pulled up on you? Like, you've got to have you blood on th- you. What, I'm gonna tell you what's going through his mind right now is he was going into that house to get the girl, and he expected he could overtake the mom and the son. No problem. I wasn't expecting the friend to show up. Like, I'm shitty with names. I can barely remember my kids' names. <laughs> so, I can tell you the girl, the mom, the brother. Yeah. And then the friend. Like, he was not expecting the friend. The friend no. threw his whole shit. Oh, he went completely off kilter yes. after that. So, that's why he was just... Out there doing willy nilly, fucking let me buy a Halloween shirt. Yeah, like he <laughs> at that at that point he was one thousand percent impulsive. Yes, which is impulsive because he his whole plan was thrown off kilter just by that one mistaken Person. part. Yeah. So poor Maddie, he was getting tired, man. Mm. He was getting so sleepy. So when he got back to his yards, because it is in the in the dead of night right now. He got back to his yard and decided, fuck this, I'm just going home. I'm tired, man. It's been a long day. So he goes home. And while he's on his way home, Sarah has been sitting in his bathroom 
with nothing, nothing else better to do but think. Think of what the fuck is happening, who the fuck is this guy, and how the fuck she was going to get the fuck out of there. So when Hoffman got home, he came into the bathroom where Sarah was and just sat with her. Ew. Don't sit with me. And she started to ask questions like, what's your name? Where do you work? How old are you? Do you have family? Why are you doing this? What's with the drawings on the wall? And Hoffman, he would actually comply and answer with her. And he would converse with her back and forth. But when he didn't want to answer a question, he would just get very cold and short from what Sarah would say. A couple hours later, Hoffman decides, we're leaving the bathroom. And I'm not blindfolding you anymore. He got there up. There was a point to where he would come in and he wouldn't say anything. No, and he would just stand stare. there and ah. stare at her. Because Ew. she was she was like, I don't know if him saying something was worse or him standing there just Or watching yep. me? No. Yeah. First of all, ew. Just that's yes. disgusting. Don't come he into is this a disgusting very... man anyway. Well, and when you see this house, you can very much tell this house was small. So his bathroom had to be hella tiny. Mm-hmm. So for him to just take the only space that she now has that she can call her own and just invade that and he, just he stare. took her space away when he took her. Ugh, she just, had no space after that. Oh, it's disgusting. He is a vile human. Oh, I like we've covered some wild cases, but this he guy, vile. he may I really want to punch all of his teeth out. 100% just oh. So, when he decided that they were leaving the bathroom, he got up and guided Sarah out of the bathroom and into the living room for the first time since being there with no blindfold on. And what she saw was a sight indeed. Mind you, again, Hoffman loved trees. He had turned his home into a tree. There were leaves everywhere. Floor to ceiling, bags upon bags, piles three feet high on the floor, everywhere. These were Walmart plastic bags. Yeah, they weren't trash bags bags or Winn-Dixie bags. Like little grocery store bags Mm -hmm. filled with leaves stapled to the walls from ceiling to floor. The floor was just a big bed of leaves. Of leaves. The ceiling. Leaves. It was all leaves. Now, if you think about this, if you think about the timeline. He did this in a short amount of time because his ex-girlfriend... It was never saw this. Listen, it was 17 days from no, when it wasn't ex, when the yes, it was. It was 17 days from what I heard on another podcast or two. It was 17 days from when that restraining order and all that was dropped, and the cops had been at the house because of that the altercation. Yes, that wasn't like that. And she had her son living there, and she never said that was anything was like that so so my man put in 17 days he filled his entire house with grocery bags of leaves the floor three foot high of leaves made a bed for sarah i'm right sarah yes yeah oh i was look at you i got it (laughs) but he made a bed like all of that in 17 days nasty no so planned. Oh, you can't tell me planned. this wasn't planned. You he said can't it was tell random. Me. No, he said it was random that he went there. He staked out the house and he went there to rob. No, no, you did not. As I said, no, you did not. As I said planned. in part one, 
You walked into that house with a hunting knife and a blackjack. You can't tell me that you went in there just to take some jewelry and go on your merry way. You saw that girl. You changed your motive. You now had a mission. Just disgusting. So obviously when Sarah saw this, she was stunned and of course had to ask, what's with the leaves, dude? Like, what's going on here? And all Hoffman said was, well, my electric got turned off, so I used them for insulation. Go get insulation. Go Uh to Home Depot, buy insulation. Don't go out in your backyard and bag up leaves, sir. Just, Mm. Just not only that, like, I love nature. We know this. I am a nature girl, but you can't pay me enough money to go out back and grab a pile of leaves that I know got a bunch of creepy crawly little bugs. Yeah. Just hanging out in them leaves and bring them into my house. No. No. I'm not trying to have shit crawl on me while I sleep. I'm not about it. Bitch, I'm allergic to spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I am not bringing goddamn leaves in my house. Promise you. Oh my god. Okay, so. Uh, and Sarah, when he said, when Hoffman said, well, I'm just using them for insulation, Sarah went, yep, that's what we're going with, all right, and just moved right all along past it. So then, I'm sure, like, in her little 13-year-old head, for her to have enough whereabouts to even communicate with him oh, yeah. is beyond me. It, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, there's no way. You couldn't put me in that situation. I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I would act. I don't know if I'd be able to comprehend what was happening at all i mean i know who i was at 13 but we're talking about little sarah yeah at 13 yeah like there's uh, no there's a difference (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so hoffman sat sarah on the floor next to the leafy couch and asked her if she was hungry and she was like well fuck yeah you've kidnapped me from my house and i haven't eaten anything and he was like well i got some squirrels and she was like i'm not that hungry (laughs) so he said all right, fine. Well, I have some cereal. And she goes, okay, yeah, that's better. And then this fuck gave her cereal with expired sour milk. But Sarah ate it because she had no clue when she would be getting her next meal. Poor thing. This, like, you're now officially, like, if you weren't already. I mean, you go into fucking survival mode. That's what I was just going to say. If you were already, you are in survival mode at this period. I didn't eat the cereal. I just left the milk behind. She probably did. She probably, like, I mean, I'm think gonna about drain it. as yeah. much as I can. Oh. Like, I'm scooping as quick as I can. When I was to get a kid, out. I would eat all the cereal to leave milk so I could have more cereal. Because that was the only way we were allowed to have more cereal because we couldn't afford milk. Oh my God. <laughs> was to leave milk oh, in the I'm bowl. I'm gonna make you really mad. <laughs> I'm gonna make you so mad right now because I was that kid. I would eat the cereal and dump the milk. Oh my god, no! <laughs> I would dump the milk because it wasn't cold anymore. And oh, I. No. Whatever. I, I still. Was it real milk? Yeah, it was real milk. Oh, ours was powdered. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and welfare cheese is the best. Welfare cheese is the best. I don't care what anyone says. Oh. Anyways. Okay, so, anyways. Um, so, he then, once done, he took Sarah. Uh, back over to the floor next to the couch and sat her down. He then laid on the couch and tied Sarah to him and then took a nap. Just knocked the fuck out with a 13-year-old girl tied to him. He was tired. 
I don't give a fuck. He went through a lot. Sarah went through way more. Like, he's like, damn, I'm exhausted. Oh my god. Fucking dirtbag. Mmm. Dirtbag. Your whole house is a dirtbag. Mmm. So, after he woke up, he got back to work. He walked Sarah down to his cold, dark, disgusting basement, tied her to a tied her to a makeshift bed of leaves with two raggedy ass blankets and once again told her, don't make a fucking noise, you're being watched. Which stirred up the PTSD in Sarah from the first time she had tried. Not because only that. He, the first time when he said, if you fucking move. Yeah, he barreled into the car and yeah. screamed at her. So I believe at the first time he stood there waiting, oh, just yeah. waiting, because he knew she was gonna pee. Well, and then that way he could use it against her I was in trying, the future. I was trying to think of the word, and it it finally has just come to me as we're sitting here talking about it. All it took was that one time, and she was conditioned. That's Com- where the P- PTSD. She yes. was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, completely conditioned. Oh shit! Not only that, but now. At this time, little trigger warning for you guys. Sarah has also been officially sexually assaulted by Hoffman. Mm. Which, you're a dirtbag. You're a dirtbag. You can't tell me you didn't pray for that girl. You can't you tell me. You are 30 years old. She's she 13. 13. Like, I have no other noise that I can make for him other than just blah. Because he's just so disgusting. He also, at this time, once he brought her down to the bed of leaves in the basement, he made her look up the dictionary term for ransom so that she understood what was going on. He then lied to her and told her that he was in contact with her family and he was trying to get her home before Christmas. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. He he told her at some point, he was like, I'm going to let you escape. While I get away. Exactly. And it's going to happen before Christmas. Yeah, like you'll be yeah. home. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Your uh, mom misses I'm gonna, you. I, I'm going to let you escape. Which is, you? that. that's interesting that he said that to her because it'll come back later on yes. him as well. But so he told her all this stuff, giving her this false hope when we already know that unfortunately Tina, Stephanie, and Cody are dead. He just, he... Dumped all of this information on her and then just left. Was gone. Just left. So, and what he was going to do is he was now taking his Yaris to go pick up Tina's truck to finish the job back at the house. Now, during this time that this is happening and he's on his way with his Yaris to Tina's truck, is also at the same time that police are starting to be called in by Tina's manager because she's also broken into the house and has seen Tina's house covered in blood. But we're about to get there. Um, While he was on the way to Tina's truck, he was actually pulled over and intercepted by police. He was immediately confronted by the cops who were like, hey, what are you doing here? This area is closed. To which Hoffman said, and this is going to make everybody so fucking mad. Hoffman replied to this police officer and said, oh, I have no idea. I'm so sorry. I'm waiting for my girlfriend, Sarah, to get off work. I'm sorry. That's... I'm waiting for my girlfriend, Sarah, to get off work. No. That is disgusting. You're going to use the name of the girl that you just kidnapped, murdered their entire family, 
and use her name to elude the police of what the fuck you're doing. Yes. Mm. Mm. So then the cops were like, okay, hey, mind Sarah. You, whose vehicle he's in? He's in he's in his Toyota Yaris right now. He's trying to get to Tina's truck, oh, okay, which is in the right. park. That's right. Yes. And the in cops the, were like, "Yeah, you can't go yeah, in there right now. It's no there. trespassing." That's right. Okay. So sorry, I got lost. No, for a you're second. good. You're fine. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> so <I'm back. laughs> the cop was like, "Okay, Sarah, what's Sarah's last name?" And Hoffman went, "Oh, I don't know. Um, we just started dating." Ew. I can't get over the fact that you use this girl's name. Don't use her name. Do not use her name. You have no, no fucking right, right to None. use her name. No. So the cop takes his information and then just lets him fucking go because he has nothing else that he can do. Now I want to pause on Hoffman's side and circle back to when Tina's work manager and friend, Valerie Haythorn, had called the cops after breaking into the home of Tina's and seeing the mass amounts of blood covered all over the home on November 11th. Now, we are officially caught all up in our timeline on Hoffman's side of things so, that are happening um, and on the side of Tina's home now being discovered as the crime scene and the cops just showed up to Tina's home. The first on site were Sergeants Tom Durbin and Al Dexter and they had no fucking clue how to process the scene with so many open questions. For one, there's a ton of blood all over the home. Massive drag marks, splatter, tissue, human tissue. Get out. No. No. It was a full-blown scene of sleep. It was a full-blown scene of slaughter. Oh, my God. It was a full-blown scene of slaughter. (laughs) What is happening? It was a full-blown scene of of a slaughter slaughter home inside. Secondly. Wow. (laughs) Secondly, that shit was a mess. That, that was something else, guys. The sentence and the scene was a slaughter. It, the, it, it was, was a, a whole slaughter. scene of slaughter. <laughs> the scene, the house, the sentence. That's he the slaughtered it. It was a whole scene of slaughter. <laughs> it was a whole scene of slaughter. Oh my god. Secondly, there's no bodies. Thirdly, there's Stephanie. Don't do this again. There was Stephanie's Jeep in the garage, also covered in blood. And fourthly, there's no fucking bodies. And detectives are now called in, and they call Tina's ex-boyfriend, Greg Borders, to see if he knows anything, too. Now, back from part one, we had briefly discussed that Greg and Tina were a thing, but recently had separated, which is why T- Stephanie was going to look at apartments that day with Ho- when Hoffman broke in and committed the murders. Because they were still living together, they even were. though they were separated. Exactly. Yes. Tina was try- was in the process of, of moving out. Moving out. She had yeah. planned to move out yeah. at the end of November. Yeah. So they were already in that process. Yeah. It was a plot- platonic separation yeah. as well. Like, was, there were no there hard was, feelings. Yeah. No, at not all. at all. Greg he, had shown up while they were processing the home. And this is the first time that he had also known anything was wrong. Thanks to a neighbor who had called him and said, dude, the entire force is at your house right now. So, of course, he rushed to the house and the cops immediately are like, excuse me, where the fuck were you? So Greg gave his alibi, which is he went to work early as fuck, then went to a friend's house and stayed the night. And then the next morning he was out on the golf course all day. They checked into it, checked for any sort of defensive wounds. He completely checked out. Like his alibi was airtight. 
He even told them, you can, I give you 100 permission to search my house. Yes. Have at it. Yes. He wasn't hiding anything. They also interviewed Stephanie Sprang's boyfriend, Ron Metcalf, to make sure there wasn't any foul play there. And he checked out as well. So now they start to process the home and with Greg's okay, they search the entire house trying to put pieces together. Something they had noticed was that there were two sets of footprints in the blood all over the home. One was distinctly a man's footprint in a boot and they were actually able to cut up a piece of carpet and vinyl flooring that had a perfect print to use for evidence. They also though noticed that there was a smaller footprint too like a size seven and a half, eight-ish in women's, and they were airwalk shoe prints. At first they were like, oh fuck, there's two killers. But then they went into Sarah's room to collect evidence and discovered, oh fuck, Sarah wears a size seven and a half, eight. Which means she was walked out of the house. Exactly. So now on top of the other shit that these cops are dealing with, they now have the question of where the hell is Sarah? Because now she's obviously alive after blood was spilled and her footprints led out to the garage. So they're like, seriously, where the fuck is Sarah? Because now it looks like she's straight up left. But while they were out in the garage looking at the bloody prints, they discovered, huh, a few Walmart bags with some newly purchased garbage bags, tarps, and some gloves still in the bags, obviously just purchased not too long ago, sitting right there in the garage. Because they can look at the timestamp. Exactly. The cops immediately are like, okay, we got to see where these things were purchased and who buy. So off they go to the local Walmart to check all the CCTV footage that they could find to see if the shit was bought and who buy. Now, at this point, while the cops were looking at footage, the search was starting to get intense for the other three. And on November 13th, the police caught a break. And again, this is all happening so fucking quick. Like the murders were committed on November 11th. So now November 13th, Walmart and uh, Mount Vernon came through and was like, hey, we got what you're looking for. They were able to find out that the bags, tarps, and gloves were all purchased from that location. The receipt showed they were purchased at midnight, but the buyer used cash. So the security officer handed over the camera footage of that night And wouldn't you know, they found Hoffman buying everything. They were also able to follow the camera footage of him checking out. They saw him checking out and walking to his silver Toyota Yaris. So they ran the records for everyone who owned a silver Yaris in the area. And bam, there was Hoffman's ID photo. Literally wearing the same shirt. It was camo. It was the same Buddy, camo we can shirt. still see you. I wonder if he, like, I wonder if all of this man's wardrobe was camo so that he could just lay down and be one with the leaves. Absolutely. Just, I'm yes. That's I'm, why, I'm wearing you. That's why he thought when he walked into that Walmart, like, he wasn't going to get caught on CCCV footage oh because he's like, you can't see me. You I'm can't camo. see me. Look. I am, I'm not here. You know how Pop-Pop does? Oh, what? You can't see me? (laughs) (laughs) See some, see some. (laughs) Oh, wow. I couldn't see you over there. He's all camoed out. Oh, my God. (laughs) He was literally wearing the same shirt in the driver's license ID photo that he was wearing in the camera footage at Walmart. We are which was camo. Which was if camo. You have not noticed yet. We are signed. We are sealed. We are delivered. delivered. <laughs> signed, sealed, delivered. Oh, 
and yours. <laughs> the cherry on top, the deputy. This I love this. This is when you're like, oh yes. The so cops were doing the cop they shit. They were doing their. They were. On they were it. doing the cop shit. They were shit. on it. So the deputy that had pulled over Hoffman that night when he was trying to get back to Tina's truck came forward and was like, "Hey, yeah, I just pulled over this guy for being in a no trespassing area, and he told me that." He was waiting for his girlfriend named Sarah. So all the cops were like, oh, like, you know, that the from 21 Jump Street when Channing Tatum's like, oh, oh shit. shit. Oh, oh, shit. shit. Oh, oh, shit. That's all the cops. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, shit. <laughs> the puzzle. Out the door they went. Done. Bitch, we the got The puzzle you. pieces are just starting to all fall together. Because they were doing cop shit. They were on it. They were doing their job. So they look up Hoffman's record and see all the weird shit that he has done in the past. Like arson, stealing big ass signs for no reason. (laughs) Oh, oh, wait, wait. Oh, a domestic battery charge that was tagged to him six weeks prior to this from his ex-girlfriend. Because remember, 17 days prior to him taking Sarah. Yep is when the charges were dropped from that charge right there. So this just makes this guy look more and more like prime suspect material. And the cops were going bananas over it. One deputy was actually even quoted saying that when they all got the news about this Hoffman guy during this investigation, you would have thought Ohio State just scored the winning touchdown. So off they went to get a search warrant for Hoffman's place grabbing all their shit to get out the door into this fucker's house after confirming that he still did live there. The Mount Vernon police called in their ESU team, which is like the local SWAT team for quote, like just in case, and head out. They surround the home and batter ram the door down thanks to a no-knock warrant. And they also, first, before they batter rammed the door down, they sent in a flash bomb. Oh, yes. Well, I thought it was the... No, they sent in... They always... I'm telling you. They, they always first. send in the flash bomb first because it, it's a percussion bomb and it just... Boom! Yeah, okay. And it rocks the whole entire house. So then... And then once that happens, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then they batter the door down. They're not going to put the percussion bomb on while they're After, inside. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <clears throat> so then what they did is they surrounded the home... They administered a flashbang device and then batter rammed the door down yep. thanks to the no-knock warrant. This is where a napping Hoffman was on the couch and swarmed immediately. After barging in, they commanded Hoffman to get on the ground and put his hands on his head, which at first he was very much not doing. So he was forced to, which I hope they used a little yep. bit extra force, maybe put a foot on him. He was taken into custody and the search started for Sarah. Okay, I have to say, you said put a foot on him. All I can think is American History X. His ass. That's that's yes. where mom's brain goes. Yes. <laughs> so with him in custody, the search started for Sarah. The police walked all through the leaf-filled house, which you know the cops were like, "What in the googly moogly is going on here?" When they walked in, they were like, "What?" There the was actual. There was one cop that even said, quote, I had never seen anything like it before. You would stare at these three feet high piles of leaves with the fear of the unknown. Was Sarah under the leaves? Was there other bodies in the leaves? You just had no way to wrap your head around what we were seeing. Yeah. The cops scanned the home until they found a door to the basement that was blocked by a big ass sewing cabinet, which is 
horrifying to me because even if Sarah could try and get away, so she was immediately blocked. His whole shit in the end of this mm. makes this not even make sense. No, it doesn't. Because you fucking locked a 13-year-old in your basement. They moved the cabinet out of the way, opened the door, and went down into the pitch black basement where they found Sarah Maynard tied up on a bed of leaves in the corner. Mm. Thank God Sarah's been found. She was, she was alive. Alive. Completely bound with yellow tape or yellow rope and duct tape. He had also duct taped gloves to her hands as well. And who hold your shit, creeps. Hoffman had made a makeshift diaper out of a Walmart shopping bag that he had cut holes out for her legs and wrapped it around her. So she had been sitting down there having to legit soil herself in her jeans in a shopping bag diaper. Over top of them. Mm. It was not even Why? like a di- It wasn't even like a diaper because what did it matter? Because you left her pants on her. You know what that was? Demeaning. That yeah, was just demeaning. Because she had her jeans on and a shopping bag over top of that. Why? Which meant if she soiled, she was still... Still in it. Like, you... You're disgusting slime ball. Disgusting. Your, your brain to go to something. I just, I I guess that's why I like true crime and stuff like that. Yeah, because it just, that's why I like to it. Honestly, wrap my brain around like, okay, I am not fucked up. No, I like, am very much normal. Like, and that's what is intriguing to me about true crime is like, where, how did your brain get here? Why do you think this way? I honestly believe that they should be able to... People like this? All they should be studying. kind of serial killers? No, just take their brains. Fucking study them. Mm-hmm. Study their brains. Study them while they're alive up until the point to where it's like, okay, now we're going to take their brain and mm-hmm. eh, fuck them because they don't matter anyway. No. We just want to figure out why people are like that and... Try to prevent it. Good God. God. You know how many poor little children would not Could you suffer? imagine if we could if we could legit do that and read somebody's brainwaves mm-hmm. and actually translate it into like, this is how they think. This is why they do the what, what yep. they do. To actually hear the voice that's in our heads and what well, it's saying. we saved. can go to the fucking moon. <laughs> okay, get the fuck out of here. God. Okay. I'm not even going there right now. <laughs> Sorry, what a rant. What a rant. So... While they had discovered Sarah, Sarah would later say, quote, I could hear someone coming into the house yelling, get down, get down. Then I heard them come downstairs saying, I think she's in here. Then a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys came down and I thought they were bad guys, like the ones that she thought were watching the house. But then I saw the helmets and I knew they were there to save me. Oh, 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 just for I, oh, my I'm getting chills. The like the wave of relief she must have felt when she saw those helmets of like, oh, oh these are good guys they're yeah. here for me like because she heard them she was like she heard the cops yeah. saying I think she's here I think she's here mm-hmm. and she was like oh fuck they're, they're coming gonna come after get me. me yeah they're they're gonna find me yep and then she as soon as they came in the room and she's like. Oh my god. Like just please they found me. Get me like, out of here. Uh, yes. So, now what? something that is if this wasn't already crushing enough, something that for some reason is just so crushing to me personally, um was the fact that once Sarah was 
was out of there, the first thing that she said to the officers was, quote, I have to get to school. Yeah. Like, but, and that was after, like, they had to sit, she had to sit there and they take pictures, pictures of her. for evidence. <sighs> so, <sighs> all that, while she's sitting there getting mm. pictures taken, and then they finally get her out, she's like, I have to go to school. Yep. For what? Honestly, <sighs> like, that also, that oh, really had to be traumatizing, too. I know, just the innocence that was robbed from her. It's Precious so child. unfair. Yeah. But I think that, like, there's just something that just tears at me so much when I think about she's just been through so much, so much PTSD, so much trauma has just now been inflicted on this young girl in such a short period of time. And then for them to have to tell her, okay, we're here to save you. But don't move. Hold on a minute. We gotta take a picture of you. Sorry, honey. We've gotta take a picture for me. Like, could you imagine uh, being that cop having to like console her while she's just like, please, just and that's the one picture that I did post on the Facebook. That's one of the police evidence photos, and you can just see in her in her eyes like, please just get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. So, she also said that you know I have to get to school, and the officers were like, no, babe, you don't have to go to school. Sarah was such a nervous babe after all of this, and rightfully so, and even asked after they freed her if the man had been secured because she didn't want him to hurt her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, just like, makes, it makes me want to cry. Yeah. They assured her that he was, and she immediately said, quote, he cut my finger with a knife, usually had me tied up and gagged. She was immediately like, what can I do? I got What can I tell you? Like, I you, just you think she know wanted to get it out. Yeah. She wanted she to get it She needed to tell out. somebody. Yep. So she was just wanting to help however possible. And then the officers asked, and that had to be heartbreaking too, because then the officers asked if she knew where her brother Cody, mother Tina, and mom's friend Stephanie were, to which she replied, no. And she even, she said she didn't even know who this guy was or and why he had taken her. He was the only one that she had seen. She remembered when they got home that they had seen blood all over the home and definitely remembered this man attacking her brother, but didn't know if he made it out okay. Saying, quote, I'm just scared he got hurt. Talking about her brother. Oh. Like, but he had no idea about her mom or her no. mom's friend. Uh, or she had no idea. She had no idea. Yeah. I said he. It's okay. Yeah. Sarah gave the details of how he took her to his home and brought her to the bathroom, uh, brought her from the bathroom to the basement. Once Hoffman was, ex- was, eh, what happened to my spelling here? Once Hoffman, yeah, that's how I spelled it. That's not how it's supposed to be spelled. No, I get it. (laughs) Once Hoffman was escorted to the police station and Sarah to the hospital for injuries, the Polers, Polers, the (laughs) Polers, but that's spelled right. (laughs) It's actually spelled police. (laughs) Look, you said. I think you need to zoom in. You said Polers. Escort uh, was which is spelt wrong, but then you said, said polaris, which is spelt right, <laughs> which is police. <laughs> it's not your spelling. It's it's, you, it's your tongue. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Here, stick it off. Wink it and wink it no. off. No. <laughs> I almost did. I know. <laughs> you went. I, okay, so. If there was a camera right now, she no. kind of mentioned a little tiny like she was getting ready to taste something and thought, no! <laughs> so 
like, here, stick it out. I'll flick it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Oh, my God. My stomach hurts. You're making my butt hurt. <laughs> back and forth. Okay. Once Hoffman was escorted to the police station and Sarah to the hospital for injuries, the police searched Hoffman's house and got all the evidence they could have ever hoped for. The blackjack he used to bludgeon Tina, the hunting knife used to dismember the bodies, the boots from the prints, the shirt from the footage, and hold on to your shit, creeps, because this is where I just want to punch this guy even harder than I've already wanted to. They also discovered a Canon camera, and on that camera were photos of Sarah that he had taken of her while in his home. Posed in the leaves, like, just... His own version of a photo album. Tell me, again, he had no intention of taking this girl, and I will put you down. I will put you down. So now with Hoffman in custody, uh, there are more and more volunteers coming forward trying to help finding where the others were. And the neighbors coming out saying all the weird shit that Hoffman did. And one of those neighbors was Miss Davis. And Miss Davis lived directly next door to Hoffman and would say how she saw the sudden turn in him. And one night after things had happened at the Herman house, she saw him outside one night in the backyard just burning shit in his fire pit all night long. And it would later come out that he was actually burning evidence from the crime scene like clothes and shit. But they just kind of thought at that time because they had already, well, they had already been watching him be fucking weird. Oh, they were neighborhood watch. Yeah, and they were like, "Dude's fucking weird." Yeah. And so they seen him burning, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Now like, it's gone to this. Why are we making burning yeah. pets in the yeah. middle of our backyard? Now we're going to this. I mean, like, don't get me after wrong. all the other weird shit of you sitting up in a tree and watching the fucking whole neighborhood. Anyway, yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I like I like a good bonfire when the time is right. When yeah. the time when is the right. time is right. When I have Not- friends over to enjoy said bonfire with me. Not exactly. burning evidence. Yeah. So she also, Miss Davis, came out and said that she was beside herself with guilt, thinking that she also may have given Sarah false hope at some points too, while she oh, was locked in the basement. This was horrible. Oh, like it just tears at my heartstrings. But people like that shouldn't I mean, I get it. You put oh, no. the fucking like you blame on yourself. No, for, like, that's yeah. How many? I said you just want to help. Yeah. Well, I said sorry to you for coming over last night. Like it's just human nature. We no, it's not, Katie. Everybody (laughs) doesn't say sorry to their mother-in-law for visiting them. So you know, Um, (laughs) sorry you came to visit me, (laughs) mother-in-law. So, but she says that she had guilt, thinking that she may have given Sarah false hope at some points too, because there were two nights while Sarah was in the basement. That Miss Davis would go outside and call for her daughter to come home. And her name was Sarah, too. Which is just, like, uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. We don't know if but Sarah, Sarah ever but heard. But Sarah's... No, there, I actually uh, read something, or... I don't read. That's a lie. You heard something. I did hear something. Because <laughs> I've listened to multiple things about this. Yeah. That um, 
she said she never heard anybody calling for her. See, the only time she ever heard anybody was, was the when police. the cops came in and said, I think she's here. See, that makes it that makes it better. Like I yeah, hope she got some like, closure after yeah, hearing you, that. Don't don't take that upon you because she didn't even hear. Right. Yeah. So with the search on for the others, the police were putting the pressure on Hoffman to give up the details, and Hoffman wasn't budging at all, which is so surprising. He was extremely uncooperative. They collected the physical evidence from him and then t- interrogated the fuck out of him. He completely waived his rights to an attorney, but kept his mouth sealed tight. He was determined not to utter a word to these cops where the others were and what had happened to them. The only thing he did say was that he would have broken heart. His little heart was broken. I, I want to punch you. Bitch, you just broke this little You don't little have a heart. heart life yes okay you fucking scarred her for life you don't have a heart bro like there is nothing there fucking heart it wasn't until they brought in special agent joe deets and all of a sudden hoffman started opening his mouth just a tiny bit and claimed he blacked out during the whole thing (sighs) why do they always go for the blackout card i just blacked out i don't know what happened you only, you black out when you drink. You don't black out when you're committing murder. Sorry, I had a seizure. What? Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, um, uh, he said he blacked out during the whole thing. And came back to reality when Sarah was already tied up in his house. So the whole time you're murdering and dismembering bodies and kidnapping. He don't remember none of that. He woke kidnapping up with a Sarah. 13 year old. No, he don't remember. He woke up and she was there. So no. he had to take care of her. No, I had to take care of her. <clears throat> I got to take care of her. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Get out of here. This is going to make people so fucking mad. He had no recollection of any of this. He just woke up in his house with a 13-year-old girl tied and bound in it. So, but then he went one step further and said that he then untied this 13-year-old girl and consoled her. He let her play Wii games, watch the Iron Man movies one and two, and two, and even gave her the book Treasure. how dare you put Iron Man in there? the hell do you think you are? Uh, you thought you were crazy before? Don't bring my Iron Man Oh, in hell there. no. So, uh, he <clears throat> gave her the book Treasure Island to pass the time. He cuddled her and, quote, took care of her. Get out of my face. You're fucked. Now, You're all y'all... fucked. <clears throat> everybody remember all this that said. <laughs> what he... All this that he did for her. Yes. Remember, he said he did all this for her. Yes. He did all. Remember this. He took care of her. He, he took was care good. of her. Yeah. He, I'm, I'm taking care of her. Yeah. I woke up. She was there. I had to take care of her. Yep. I'm going to play games. That was the first time that Hoffman spoke to, De- to Deeds. Mm-hmm. They then took Hoffman to the crime scene and other various areas in hopes of making him crack, but had no luck. And then, out of fucking nowhere... He started opening up, but like not in the normal interrogation room setting. No, no. He started talking in a bathroom stall to Dietz. Because he asked Dietz to take him to the bathroom. Yeah. Yep. 
And Dietz took him to the bathroom. Yep. And so when they were in there, he was like, oh, hey, small talk. Yeah. So here's how the conversation went. small talk. Mm-hmm. Hoffman said, are you recording my words right now? Dietz replied, no, we're in the bathroom, dude. Hoffman then went on to say, I had a nightmare last night and it all came back to me. I was working at a food processing plant. I looked in some garbage bags and I saw human remains. But I'll only tell you where the location of them are in a, a, a disclosed piece of paper that my lawyer will have and will give to you after and only after. You take me out to a back road and I'll pretend to escape and you shoot me. Once I'm shot, my lawyer will release the location. This sounds like a great idea, don't it? Don't it, Deets? Yeah. It sounds like a great idea. And Deets was like, uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Do you know that's like fucking not legal and not gonna happen? Deets was probably staring at the door of that bathroom stall like, what? Is, that, is what? Aston Kutcher gonna come in and go, Am I pumped right now? <laughs> because why would you say that shit to me? So that don't make sense. Dietz was like, yeah, I'm not doing that, dude. And Hoffman replied with, I'm a monster and I can't live with what I did. I saw terrible cut up things in that dream. Bro, stop. Stop. You're not a lost puppy. You're you're not full of guilt from your crimes. And you know it. And Dietz was like, okay, buddy. Well, let's let's get through this together. Let's get a confession and we'll work it out. And Hoffman was immediately like, Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't no, know what yeah. any of that shit was. It was just a dream. And they were immediately back to square one. Now, by this time, the entire community is coming together trying to find this family with no luck. And then, on November 17th, again, November 11th, murders were committed. November 13th, Hoffman's taken into yep. custody. Or 14th, he's taken into custody and Sarah's been located. Yep. Now, November 17th, Four, three, four days later, Hoffman woke up and decided he wanted to make a deal. He would now reveal where Cody, Tina, and Stephanie were if the death penalty is taken off the table. Because now he's got this new revelation yes. of, I want to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because he said he was going to kill himself. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So they, And they mm-hmm. even put him in uh, solitary confinement, too. Wait, with a suicide suit? That's what it is, right? It's called yeah. a suicide suit? Uh, okay. Yeah. Suicide I gown. Yeah, oh, okay. Suicide suit. All right, cool. Whatever it is. Yeah. But... <laughs> Have you ever seen one? They look like the Houdini suits, don't they? No. No? No. <laughs> like a street jacket? No, that's a street jacket. <laughs> a suicide suit is, it's Velcro, and it just kind of like drops over you, and then it Velcros around, and it's got a little padding on it, so it kind of keeps you a little warm. Stop. But there's no ties or Nothing. nothing. But the Velcro is like big strips of Velcro that come around <clears throat> so that it doesn't, because you don't want to use little strips because they can oh pick at it and use it to. Oh my God. So this was a total flip of the script. Now the police went to the families, which I thought was very cool of them to do. It was like, hey, this guy is telling us we can find where they are, but we have to take the death penalty off the table. Yes. What do you think of this? I think that was so inclusive for them yes, to do. Because they didn't have to. Like No, they, had, the family, they didn't have to if do If the family said, absolutely not, I want the death penalty on, and the cops or prosecutor or whoever, whoever was like, no, we're leaving. We're going to do it. Yeah. They, the family had no say-so well, in yeah, it. And but the, the cops were doing their cop shit. They were, like, they were they on were, it. 
So they asked the family, you know, are mm-hmm. you guys okay with this? And, you Which know, we might, so fi- cool. we might finally find them, but he won't be put to death either. But the families were like, we just want to bring our, our, our members home. Do it. Yeah. Just do yeah. it. Families agreed, and they went back to Hoffman. And the agreement was made. It was, tell us where the bodies were, and you will plead guilty to first-degree murder, kidnapping, abuse of a corpse, sexual assault, a few other things with the end result of being life in prison with no parole option. And if appealed, the death penalty would be put back, back on, the, on table. the table. So his hands were tied. Like, and the family, regardless, was getting some kind of justification. Yeah, Not like, justification. That like was sat- a bad Satisfaction word. almost? Kind yeah. of. Mm, like, yeah. at least you can't, at least you yeah. can't get out. Like, you are stuck there, sir. Yeah. And, um. Because closure for me in that situation, my closure would have been, I have my family members in yes. a resting place. Yes. Or in a salt shaker that I can take around. <laughs> Don't worry, you mom. You're going in a salt shaker. You know what I'm saying? Don't like, you worry. That would have been my closure. Right. But after that, what happened to him would have been, like, God, what is the fucking word I'm looking for? It's like... It's not closure. It's not satisfaction. I know no. what you're trying to say, though. God damn it. I'll come yeah. back to you guys. We'll, we'll get there. I'm going to get it. We're going to get yeah. there. Okay. So, Hoffman agreed with one condition. Don't hurt the tree. To which police were like, what in the fuck are you actually talking about? What are we about to see? Hoffman then sent the police to the Cocosang lake wildlife area in fredericktown ohio the officers drove a mile and a half and then walked a short distance into the woods they then found a very large hollowed out tree with an opening about 30 feet up in the tree there was an itty bitty little hole in the bottom near the base of the tree that they were able to shine their flashlight through and look look into the hole and they saw black trash bags now After they saw that, they called in a professional tree trimmer and they came to cut a square through the base of the tree and the bags were retrieved. Once retrieved, it was put together that this fucker used his weird ass tree loving skills and climbed this tree to dispose of the bodies. If he hadn't said anything, they would have never been found. No. And he scaled a 30 feet high up fucking tree with with bags. bags of body parts. They're not light. They're not light. It don't matter how much you weigh. That's legit dead weight. He seriously would have got away with this if... He hadn't taken Sarah. No, no. He would have got away with this if the friend didn't come to the house. Oh, yeah. Because I think he had it all planned as far as like burning the house down, getting Sarah, killing the mom, killing the brother, burn the house down, take Sarah. Done. That would have been it. Yeah. But because Stephanie threw that had the body parts in that fucking tree. He didn't randomly come upon yeah. that tree. He fucking knew that tree oh, was he's, there. He's he knew it. he can climb it. He knew body parts would fit in it with bags. Yep. Like, this was all fucking planned. He planned plan. it all out. 100%. So, once retrieved, it was put together again that this fucker had used his weird-ass tree-loving skills and climbed a tree to dispose of the bodies. The heads of all of the victims, along with their severed limbs and the limbs of a small dog, were all in the bags. Even the autopsy specialist was beyond emotional while taking on this case, too. The entire community was impacted from this. It was also recorded in the autopsy reports for Tina. There were a ton of overkill wounds all over her body. 
Same with Stephanie and Cody had seven stab wounds to his chest and one very fatal stab wound to the back of the head. Like this was the violence that this crime had after looking at these bodies. It could almost be seen as a hate crime. Yeah. Just the, the sheer amount of violence in it. Uh, with Tina, her fatal wound was definitely the wound that went from her chest all the way down her abdomen that was 14 inches long, which is just fucking disgusting. He essentially gutted this poor girl. Oh, yeah. Of course, Hoffman was immediately charged for everything, and he couldn't even get go into Gen Pop because of the likelihood of what would happen after hearing what he did. Oh. So he even got his own little bit of solitude, almost like he was just living the life up there in prison. Uh, but the judge, the judge on this case was the legit fucking Superman and made this man say guilty over and over and over again during his charging and sentencing until the judge was satisfied. So he would say, how do you plead? He would say guilty. And the judge would go, huh? Excuse I didn't me? hear yeah. you. Say it louder. You yeah. did it. Own it. Yeah. And he would make him say it over yeah. and over and over again. Like, which is just like, ooh. You're getting it right now. <laughs> uh-huh. The statements from all of the family members were just extremely heartbreaking as well. And the bodies were also finally laid to rest as well. Unfortunately, this wasn't the end for Sarah. After the whole ordeal, she went to go live with her dad, Larry Maynard, and her stepmom at, and went to her new school. She tried to get back into softball, but it was too hard for her because all she thought of was Cody, who used to play baseball. So she joined volleyball and excelled at it massively. They also uh, started the uh, Tina Herman and Cody Maynard Healing Hearts Fund to help victims of violent crimes like Sarah. It was completely nonprofit and and, and remembrance of Tina and Cody. And it's actually still up if anyone is interested in donating. I'll make sure I can find that link and put it in our notes. Everyone was fine until three years after the murders had happened. If you guys remember in part one, I had said that we were going to circle back to old Larry and his shitbaggery. Well, we're here. Now, on May of 2013, Larry and Sarah's stepmother made headline news when they were charged with child abuse. So after your daughter, your Mm. 13-year-old daughter loses her mom her brother mm. and goes through that horrific fucking nightmare she just went through you get custody of her and then you do this yes like so, what kind of fucking piece of shit are you the, are you you are no fucking better than the fucking prick in the beginning no well and you None. know when i was making this outline it was really hard because i thought about it for a second and was like i'm not even going to cover this because i want sarah to be remembered in the lightheartedness that she still has within her. But at the same time, I thought about it and was like, this is why Sarah is the way that she is now. Yeah. It deserves to be told. The girl went through some shit. She went through it. So in May of 2013, Larry and Sarah's stepmother made headline news when they were charged with child abuse on Sarah. Sarah told them that her father, Larry, had actually punched her in the back. And then five days later, her stepmother legit kicked her down a flight of stairs in their home in cases like this you do this to a child i get to do it to you are you what 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 
like, for an eye how can you look back. at your child and be like, you look good going down a flight of stairs. Let me help you. And kick, Spartan, kick your kid down the stairs. I don't care if that's your stepchild. You married that family. You are now a part of that family. Excuse me. I don't like to even call them stepchildren. No. Because my... Casey, prime Casey, example. She's your bonus, bonus daughter. Child. That's the bonus of the relationship <sighs> that I chose to get in. Like, I don't because understand. Because I knew there was a child involved. And, you know, a, a part of me wondered if... Todd thinks of, I mean, all of you guys as his, his kids. kids. Yeah, like, he said it multiple times. He's like, you're not my daughter, like my yeah. daughter-in-law. You're my daughter. Like, yeah. 100%. Well, I mean, the littles. They're Those are his grandkids. Kids. Absolutely. Like, there is no step. Like, and you, you know, and it doesn't even matter about that. What matters is that is your flesh and blood that you just punch in the back of the head. When I was I have reading. never punched my kids in the head. No. Like, I, listen, I get mad at my kid, but I would never put hands on them. I would never even have well, that thought. Well, I spanked my kids because. Well, listen, spanking 30 is years different. Ago, 30 years ago, it was okay. Spanking is different. Kicking them down the stairs is 100% a different them in the back of the head. Get out of here. Just get out of here. And I, you know, I was thinking about it too. And this is just like an offhand thought. Like I could be completely off the rails with this. But I wondered because it happened in such a short amount of time. They had already created this fund for Tina and Cody. What if they were like, well, why don't we, you know... No, I don't think that was it. I just think they were just shitty fucking parents. Good enough. So... Seriously, they were um, just shitty parents. Well, good on Sarah, though, because after that time when she got kicked down the stairs, she immediately, immediately called, called the police. She it was like, come get them. Fucking right. I'm not doing this again. No, this ain't so right. So they were brought to court over it. Unfortunately, no charges were ever completely followed through with because Larry and stepmom agreed that they would take parenting classes because that's gonna solve fucking everything but sarah's maternal grandmother took over custody of sarah and got her the fuck out of there and sarah's like please don't fucking do anything to me man i am batting a thousand right now can i go out on pause for a second i kind of wish nate was here because i had to take a parenting class one time no yes and nate and um his little girlfriend at the time they were teenagers <laughs> it was weird it was when Sebastian was like two years old. Mm -hmm. So 19 years ago. Yeah. And so we're in this parenting class and the girl that was doing the class was like maybe 21, 22. Oh. And what is she doing a parenting class for? Well, she's teaching class because she went to school for it. Okay. So she read out a book. She don't have kids. And so she said, she said, your children should never fear you. They should only respect you. And I giggled, and Nate looked at me because he was in the class with me. I don't know where my sister was at the time. But anyway, so she was like, kind of looked at me, and I was like, well, I'm just saying, all my kids, like, they fear me out of respect. <laughs> time out. Was this before or after you threw a shoe at him, shoe at him around a corner? Oh, it was definitely after. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> Nate goes. Nate goes. Everybody fears Auntie Jerry, oh but my we damn God. sure respect her. Oh my it God! Was, I see. Ended up, yeah. That uh, whole parenting class that night was because we went out. Because I was, I asked her. I said, "Do you have kids?" And she was like, "No, but I get my niece and nephew on the weekends or every other weekend." And I was like, 
I don't think you should be teaching this class That's what I'm saying. unless like, you honey, have children. You're 21. You, what you know is out of a book. Yeah. The fuck? Oh, yeah. So anyways. And, um, sorry. No, you're good. So Sarah's maternal grandmother took custody of Sarah and got her the fuck out of there. And, Thank God. I mean, if you want to talk about trauma, Sarah got the whole board of trauma from kidnapping, sexual assault, dealing with the trauma of losing her family, then having her family literally assault her like... And We're not talking. to mention, by this time, she already knows that the time that she was in the truck and she seen those bags, like, that was those her are, family. Those were her like, family. Like, she has time, all of she this. She knows all of fucking this. <sighs> that poor little thing. But I will say that she handled everything with such a grace and poise that now, actually, in 2019, she became a part of a group of survivors of other traumatic events kind of similar to hers. To help raise awareness of how monstrous people can be, but how great your life can still be and still advocates to, for those victims to this day. She's an amazing woman who I think really, truly has the power to change the world. Like, oh, she definitely has the power to she, change things. Oh, she, could, she is going places. And I give her so much pride for that because it would be so easy to just be like, you know what? I'm done with the world. I'm turning into a hermit. Well, you will never hear I mean, from me. To think that your family was taken, you went through all of that, your dad and your stepmom just treated you like shit. Like, you would, I mean, to think, like, today, I feel like the whole world's against me. Like, the fucking universe is out to get me. Oh, we've had this conversation. Yeah. Like, but then you got to stop and think, hmm. Not so bad. It's really not that bad. It's not that bad. When you see like, Sarah's story, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm actually and doing okay. And she made it through it, and she's fucking thriving. And she's thriving. And like, so, I, yeah, I can get through my shitty fucking employees I got at my store. It, absolutely. It's all good. It's fine. It's fine. I haven't been kidnapped by a guy who is obsessed with trees. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. So, and now Hoffman is living out his days behind bars where he deserves to be. And honestly, you know, when it comes down to a death penalty versus living out your, your sentence, living out your sentence is by far the best outcome that we could have gotten because he deserves to sit there and stew on what he Yes, did. because, I mean, no, I am not opposed of the death penalty. Neither no. am I. No. Not 100%. I, like... Kill a bitch. Okay? Absolutely. Kill a bitch. But I feel let's all stick a bitch and <laughs> like don't just give him a little CPCP night night drug. No. He don't deserves just to stick suffer. him in. Don't put him in a chair that's going to zap him so hard that he don't feel it. No. Nope. Like what else is there? Hanging? They don't do that They don't no do more. that anymore. So it's fucking injection or fucking electric chair. No, let us do it. Let like, us take care of it. I think... We and the people it, will stand I, together. I did say it in another episode. I said I feel like they should allow people to pay to go in and torture these pe these guys. Oh my God, like a and rage then, room. And then all the money that is raised by people paying to go in in 20 minutes. Just meh. Each person only gets 20 minutes, okay? Because we don't want to kill him. You we want take, him to suffer. You take my money. You take that money, and then you put it back to the families 
who have fucking suffered because of the hands of this son of a bitch. Take my money. Take my money. It's Is like that, it's like a rage room for murderers. Like I'm about it. I am so but about you can't, it. You can't go in there and torture them so bad that they're gonna die. Like they have to just suffer enough to where, okay, now they're gonna lay there for or hang there or whatever the case may be for 45 minutes. And kind of get a little break. Listen. And then somebody else gets going for another 20 minutes with their own little devices that they choose to use. Now as listen, long as the person's not dead. Listen here. I usually, usually am on the lighter side when it comes to these type of topics. I'm usually the one that's like, okay, we're going to move on. That's a little crazy. But that sounds but, good, right? But in this case, in, in this case, I would take a taser. And I took, I, I went to college. I know anatomy and physiology. They taught us how to take pulse, okay? I know what your pulse is supposed to be. I will tase you until I get that little baby heartbeat a minute. I will tase you, motherfucker, in all the wrong places. Like, eh. All, tasing? Oh. No. I get to see him. I get to see no, them like, Katie. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Let me tase you. Let me tase you. I've been tased. I'm I know you have. Saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. That's not very bad. But it's torture enough. Imagine coming yeah. to after being tased and then going right back into it. Your body, your body will suffer more than your mind will. And it'll become a battle of body versus mind. Yes. Absolutely. You stick something that when it goes up his pee-pee, oh. it... Goes in smooth, and then once it's in there, these little spears pop out. All You've been down, watching the Vikings too much. All the way down <laughs> this metal shaft that's only like four inches long. And so once it's in there, all the little spears come out, and then you pull it out real slow. Rinse it under a sink because it's well, going to be uh, kind of nasty. And then when you stick it back in, it's smooth. Uh, and, and then you only do that for like 10 minutes. And then you let somebody else come in and do their little thing. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I pay. You to, know, do you think I would, that those okay, officers, so, when they wait a take, second, I would not pay to do that. I would pay to watch, to watch somebody do that and be like, what's up, bitch? Oh my God. How'd that little girl feel? Do you Did think it feel like that? Because they, I'm sure that's how she felt. Oh, absolutely. Brick. Oh, absolutely. Do you think, though, when they took his physical evidence, like, because he got sexual assault for assaulting Sarah, do you think that they shoved that Q-tip a little too far up? His little pee-pee? I would hope so. Ooh, I bet those cops were like, oh, buddy, you hold on tight. I want to circle back to where when it all talked about how um, he gave her books to read. He played games with her. Yeah. He watched goddamn Iron Man <laughs> 1 and 2. That's bullshit because and he brought her McDonald's and he sat with her and they had deep deep conversations. No they fucking didn't. He never and where he said he said I let her shower. He never let her shower. No. Obviously, he fucking had her in jeans and a goddamn bag to fucking a diaper go to bag. the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Only food he gave her. He offered her squirrel, but the only food she had was cereal and sour milk. And sour milk. Yep. So all that bullshit that he said 
was exactly that bullshit. And Sarah even <clears throat> said, because the cops were like, well, he said this. And Sarah was like, no, no, no absolutely no, not. No. Oh, no. also, I wanted to touch back on his Walmart visit. Because we said that he bought oh, a bunch of the shirt. Things. Yes. So the Halloween shirt. I just thought this was just like, I heard this and was like, what? No, man. And we said it earlier. Yes. At this so, point, he <clears throat> was just 1,000% impulsive. So, so what had happened was when they were asking him about the CCCCB. CCTV. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> My tongue got in the way of my fake teeth. Here, stick it out. Let me flick it real quick. (laughs) So, the CCTV. You had to squint when you. (laughs) That's why I stumbled at the end. I was like, like, why are my eyes. (laughs) At the end, I was like, why are my eyes closed? him about the footage and why he stopped to get (laughs) what was the purpose of the halloween shirt he was like oh it was was an impulse buy it was right next to the aisle and i saw it and it was only a dollar he said he said it was an impulse buy it was right next to the only aisle that was open so it was a dollar i got it homie that's not how impulse buy works I don't think he even ever wore the shirt either. Like you're you so don't, stupid. you don't impulse buy after you just kill a motherfucking family and you got a thirteen-year-old girl. Was it a what ca- in the fuck is your problem? Was it a camo Halloween shirt? <laughs> camo pumpkin. <laughs> it said blessed on it. <laughs> Shut up. Camo skeleton. It was just black. (laughs) (laughs) All black shirt. It was a solid black shirt. Camo shirt with a little skeleton on it. It said "Seasons Greetings." (laughs) Oh shit! My God. Well, um, this has been a lot of fun. (laughs) Yes, it has. Um, I enjoyed it. So before we close out, just really quick, guys, a couple little reminders. I don't have, we don't really have any events coming up. So just make sure that you are staying. Yes, we do. We have Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow. Yeah. Which so you might not, by the time you listen, it might not be already Thanksgiving. enjoy Thanksgiving yes. dinner. But right now, this is the night before Thanksgiving. And we hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and yes. enjoys all the time with their families, 100%. And even those who are not at home, enjoy the time that, that you have. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. some you know some people are traveling for work right now. You know, I hope you guys do get a little downtime and get to enjoy just a little bit of time for yourself and get, be able to give thanks for what you do have. Be kind to your retail 
Yes. Staff. Oh my god. And your wait staff during Black Friday because they're doing some people can be guys. fucking nasty. I'm yes. just gonna say. And I mean, we both work in the service industry, and like we be we, nice. Just people. be nice. Be fucking just nice. Be nice. No, not just be nice. Be just fucking nice. Yes. Um, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have to um, ask about something. Okay. Before you fucking end. Okay. Well, can I do business and then you ask? Um, Oh, it's all gone? Yes. Well... I said okay and I didn't know what what I was was agreeing to. What I was going to suggest is after this, if you wanted to do another another episode recording uh, tonight... And it be Reddit reads like funny ghost stories and shit. <laughs> as long as y'all don't butcher me like you did Nate on your uh, fucking reading because I suck. Listen, you're reading from whatever people post, so you're good. Okay, yeah, but we can do fucking, like a little mini sort yes, of like let's Reddit do reads. It. Okay, cool. So I'm excited. Okay, cool. Well, you start look. Just go to Reddit and type in ghost stories. Okay. That's all you got to do. Okay. So, guys, we really hope that you did enjoy this episode. We are going to hop off of here, take a little break, and then we're going to do another little mini Reddit read episode for you so that you guys have a little bit to binge and me to edit and get out as soon as possible for you to make up for lost time. Um, with that being said, please, guys, make sure that you are rate, review, and subscribing on all of our platforms. We are on all major platforms for podcasting. Um, make sure that you're following us on Facebook at Case of the Creeps Podcast. Join our private Facebook group, which is COTC Group. Um, we've been a little quiet in there. Life gets hard sometimes, guys, and I had made a no, post. No, it's, life does not get hard. We have families. Yes. And it is a holiday season. It is a holiday season. So we're prioritizing, and right now, we've got other things. Family is always priority. Absolutely. So make sure that you guys are following that because we do have some cool stuff. I have some ideas rolling around in my brain for Christmas time. So make sure you're getting on there. Um, We did do a vote not too long ago that came out with a poll ending that they wanted a private live in the group. So maybe we'll do that for Christmas. Um, What? I've got something. What? Just came to my brain. Just now, I will $50 gift card to Amazon for a Christmas sticker oh somebody submit it okay submit your so stickers. a fan art sticker that is created there you go whoever creates the winning sticker will get a 50 dollars amazon gift card that you guys can spend for christmas thanks to miss jerry so what i'm trying to see what i want to end by okay um well you look at that uh, so there's that. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Case of the Creeps Podcast. Join our Patreon, which will get the full unedited episode, which is going to be over two hours long for you guys. And it's going to be patreon.com forward slash Case of the Creeps. We want our entries in for the Christmas sticker by December 23rd. December 23rd. Plenty of time and for you guys. No, December 21st. Oh, okay. So December 21st. on December 24th, we're going to do a mini live of Say Who Won. I love it. Okay, so December 21st, we're going to pick our winner for the, or we'll have all submissions in for the fan art. We'll pick our winner on the 24th on Christmas Eve for you guys. And you'll get a gift card. I mean, you can't lose. All you got to do is just draw a picture. You can send in those submissions to caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. And it doesn't have to be... 
uh, <laughs> what's Nate always say? What? A uh, Bigfoot erotica. <laughs> yes, it doesn't have to be that. <laughs> but it would be cool if I could see a Bigfoot dancing on a Christmas tree, I will oh say. Oh my god. Or dragging one. Stop, I'm all about it. Casey. Bigfoot dragging a Christmas tree. <laughs> hint, hint. So we'll do that for you guys. Again, submit those into caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. Also send in your chili recipes for chili crawler episodes to caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. If you have anything that you want to say to us, send it in. Caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. We love you guys. We want to hear more from you. Um, we're going to hop off of here, take a quick little breather, and then jump back into a Reddit Read episode for you. So until then, we hope you creeps keep it creepy. I'm Katie. And I'm Jerry. Thanks for joining me on this one. This was I so much it. fun. I'm excited. Okay, we'll see you guys over in the Reddit Reads. Bye. Bye.